Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, at ETOF21 Sports on Instagram for everything sports betting, at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy for fantasy football hot takes, and for daily five things from yesterday, and just overall daily sport takes. And also at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing for free horse racing picks. Gave out one winner at Turfway, the Turfway Early Pick 5, and the Golf Stream Nightcap winner yesterday. Loaded day of horse racing. I'll be posting stuff throughout the day there. We got the Florida Derby. Nice little card from Golden Gate. Nice little card from Turfway. Nice little card from Santa Anita. And maybe a little Aqueduct, too, and some Tampa Bay Downs for sure. So make sure you guys check that out. I'll be giving out some free winners. Today is March 27th, Sweet 16 day. It's a little different. I'm so used to the Sweet 16 stuff being on... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, with this year's format, it is Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, which will be a little different. I would much rather have them over the weekends, but I'm definitely looking forward for the basketball to start back up. 61% against the spread. Those of you that signed up for the package for March Madness, can't complain at all. Positive ROI at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. I'm just helping you guys put extra income in your pockets. Special thanks to Gino Bacala, who had me on the Gino Bacala podcast. You can find that. Link is in my bio on Twitter and Instagram. Um, talked a little bit, gave my thoughts on all the games coming up, my bets that I've locked in, gave those away for free, looking to give away, like I said, some more winners to you guys, and also gave my thoughts on the NBA trade deadline. So thanks for Gino for coming on. Trade deadline was a little interesting. The thing about the trade deadline that's always like funny to me is we all amp it up to something that it's not. We make these players something that they aren't. And the players that we kind of get pushed to the side tend to be the players that help a team out the most. Example, everyone's amped up about Oladipo going to the Miami Heat. Is he really going to help? He hasn't been the same player for a couple years now. And if he's really that good of a transcendent star, this is like what? He's played for the Magic, Thunder, Pacers, Rockets, now Heat. And he's been in the year like what league like what seven years? He's been in the league seven years, let's say, I think, seven, maybe eight. And this is his fifth team, and he's really that big of a transcendent start. No, he's not. He had a cut one good season, got hurt. He hasn't been the same player since he got hurt. And that's a fact. But everyone thinks he's gonna transcend this Miami Heat team, though it's been an utter disappointment last year and got their ass kicked last night by the Hornets. So let's kind of check ourselves. Like I said in the Gino Bacala podcast, the move that made the most sense for me that is going to help the team the most is just JaVel McGee to the Nuggets. Everyone's caught up in how much the Nuggets are missing Jeremy Grant. But the one person I really feel that the Nuggets are missing the most is Mason Plumley, Because he was able to come in, they were able to facilitate the offense through him, and he was able to defend and rebound. And they don't have anyone like that on their team right now. But JaVel McGee, he's going to be able to fill that. And he's only going to what need, what, 12, 15 minutes a game, if that. And that move right there made the Nuggets better. That move right there is going to help the Nuggets a lot more than the Aaron Gordon trade. Everyone's talking about, oh, Aaron Gordon, he's as good as Jeremy Grant. Nah, he's not as good defensively as Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is such a basketball high Q guy. 
that he's not going to be able to do the things. Yes, he's a defensive upgrade over Paul Millsap and Michael Porter Jr., but who else? Everybody is. Oh, my fat ass is a defensive upgrade over those guys. So he just kind of not fall in love with the names. I mean, the 76ers, they added Hill. Yeah, that's a good move, adding George Hill. He'll be able to play point, close the games a little bit, not turn over the ball. Did he make them better? Yes. But is that a move that's going to necessarily take them over the Nets or the Bucks? No, it's not. That move isn't going to take them and transcend them to the next move, next next level of a team. Excuse me. And then also the, what was another team? The Lakers. I don't, it blows my mind that the Lakers did not trade for Kyle Lowry. Why did the Lakers not trade for Lowry? Your window to win in the league is so small. And with AD constantly getting hurt, LeBron on the back end of his career, and now they're saying three to five weeks, that team's fallen quick as hell in the standings. Why not add Lowry? Why not? He's a pit bull, and he's going to take your team over the, the over the edge. And that's what I'm looking for in these trade deadline things. And I, I don't know. I'm just... Everyone makes this out like it's going to be everything that a team, a move is going to be made and it's going to transcend the team. You know, I really don't see anything. I mean, I like what the Pistons did. They had a true draft picks and they got off of Wright's contract. And now Joseph's contract, there's only $2 million guaranteed. So they're able to free up some salary cap room. I like that move. Rockets, what the fuck are the Rockets doing? Rockets flipped Harden and they're ending up with Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. Let that sink in. After all the trades. They should have just kept Levert and Jared Allen. Could you imagine a, a young threesome with Kristen Wood, Levert, and Jared Allen with this year's draft class? That's something as a Houston fan I would get pumped up for. But now they this that team is praying that they get a top three pick and able to get one of the top three guys. Have it be Green, Cunningham, or Mobley. If they don't get one of those, this is an utter disastrous for the Rockets. Magic, I like what the Magic are doing. They're getting young. Mo Bamba, uh, Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony. They got some young dudes. You know, they'll have a draft pick. They're they're in the reboot button. And they're kind of in that dead zone, that six to nine range in the East. They've been there for a while. You know, they weren't able to transcend. That was their ceiling with the roster they have. They made a move. That was good for them. That That was a good move for the Magic. Bulls, Bulls need to make the playoffs. That's why they got Boosh. I really like them to get ball, but we're able to pull it off. Marketing is probably going to leave, so it's going to be a Vush levine twosome. Yeah, is that going to get you in the playoffs? Yeah. Is it going to win a, a round in the playoffs? No, it's not going to win a round in the playoffs. So they definitely need to add someone else. Like I said, I really thought they should have got ball to help transcend that team. Mavericks added J.J. Redick. I mean, Redick's Redick at this point. I mean, he's... Not as good as three-point shooter. This is the second worst three-point shooting season of his career. Bucks. I love the Bucks. PJ Tucker trade. Tucker, Holiday, Giannis to close a game is going to be really tough. Nets adding Blake Griffin. That really does nothing. I thought it was kind of funny how Griffin was getting into it with all the Piston teammates. And it kind of speaks like the Pistons run a tribute video for him. And now you have all these young guys trying to like fight him and go at him in the game. That really kind of tells me what all the young guys thought of Blake Griffin. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? If you really truly respected someone, you wouldn't go at him and try to instigate shit. And that's what all the Piston players were trying to do yesterday. Also, 
I really thought the Knicks, I thought the Knicks could have made a bigger splash. I really would have liked them to see them to go for somebody. Trailblazers adding Powell was huge. I mean, the West is completely wide open. Powell, great defender, better than Hood, better than Trent, and also a better shooter than both of them. And the averaging 19 points a game, that's a great pickup for them. I mean, they're going to have Usage, probably Mellow, Powell, CJ, and Dame closing the game. That's a nice little five fivesome. Defensively, Powell will have to do a little bit more to hide Dame and CJ, but I kind of like that to close the game. Blazers actually made a move that could theoretically take them out of the East, which is out of the West, excuse me, which is big. So trade deadline, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. A lot of moves were made, but like I said, I think the biggest move is the Jabal Nagy move, and that's the moves that are getting the less publicity. Also, big trade in the NFL yesterday. So the Dolphins traded the third pick to the 49ers. And the 49ers sent two first-rounders and the 12th pick back. The Dolphins then sent the 12th pick and the the 2022 first-rounder that was sent to them to the Eagles for the sixth pick. So that move tells me that the Dolphins are going all in and two up, which anyone that has listened to my work, read my work, knows how I feel about two up. And the fact that Smith and Waddle are coming back and saying they would rather have Mark Jones as a quarterback than Tua. I mean, come on. Come on, really? You have former players saying that another guy is better, but yet people still have this infatuation with Tua. For Tua to work, it needs to be a fast, not even sorry, a fast, it needs to be a run-based West Coast offense. Quick hitting passes, no deep drops, limited the field you can look at. Tua's got a lot of holes, so I really think for Miami, they should have drafted one of these young guys. Are they even going to be able to get an offensive lineman with the pick now? So I, I, It's just, I don't know. I really don't know. I really have to question that move. 49ers tells me Jimmy Garoppolo's over. They're going to try to get one of those quarterbacks, have it be the kid from North Dakota State, Justin Fields, or Zach Wilson. I really don't know what they're going to do with them. Um... For the Eagles, God only knows I don't trust the Eagles at all. And I'm going to be diving more into positional rankings, my mock draft, over the next couple weeks. There's I, I hate doing the mock draft so early because so much shit can fucking change. And I don't want to constantly be redoing it. So that's why the mock draft is going to be out you know, within a couple days of the draft. But positional rankings I'm going to start working on, and those were coming out. So that's kind of what happened in the NFL and the NBA. Of course, Saturday, one of the big traditions is Big Brando from Off the Post Boston Sports comes on. So now let's welcome Brandon to the show. So now let's welcome Brandon back to the show. Brandon, how you doing, my man? Doing good. How about yourself? I uh, got no complaints, man. You know, got the AC on on the car in March in Michigan. I mean, you can't really complain if you do that, can you? No, we cranked the air last night in the house in North Carolina for the first time, but uh, we've had hot, cold, tornadoes, sunshine, a little bit of everything in a week. Well, I mean, the big news is we got this dirt race coming out, and this is something that NASCAR, in my lifetime of watching NASCAR and being involved, betting the sport and everything, has never done. I know you've done stuff with the iRacing. Why don't you explain like how this dirt race is going to be different than what these guys are accustomed to doing on a week in and week out, week out basis? Most of these guys grow up on asphalt with slick tires, 
that have grip. Now you're going to a treaded tire on dirt, which each lap, for those of you that aren't familiar with dirt, each lap in this race will change. The track will change. As they start packing in the dirt in one section, it will slide what they call the cushion, which is the loose dirt, further up to the top to where the lines are going to consistently change and the track's going to change. So you're going to see guys that run well at the start of it and then they fade because they can't adjust to the track. Uh, Joey Logano said it during his iRacing Pro Invitational they did on Tuesday or Wednesday and after practice. He's like, every lap is different. Um, some of these guys have grown up on dirt and we'll, we'll speak to those guys that kind of have a slight advantage. But uh, they're also running into trouble because normally you run Hoosier tires on dirt Goodyear's never really been known to have a dirt tire, and uh, they just created a dirt tire. Uh, as people got up this morning, there were reports that the dirt now on the racetrack after all the practice yesterday is horrible, and Goodyear's tires are getting burnt up within 20 laps, and they're trying to get more sets of tires approved to be able to catch up to the track. It's, it's going to be interesting what happens today in the qualifying races. So the biggest thing I'm taking away from what you just said is with there being so much unknown, we don't want to dive all in and do Mondo bets. We want to treat this like we would a Talladega, a Daytona race. We want to limit our exposure because there are just so many variables. We're going to get a lot of information thrown at us in these qualifying races that are happening. Now, why don't you explain how these qualifying races will be different than the normal qualifying that happened pre-pandemic. So normal qualifying, guys, we all know they do two laps, one car on the track at a time. This is like your old-fashioned local short track racing. Uh, starting at 4.30 today, the trucks will go and have four heat races, and then the cup guys will go and have four heat races. So basically, they're going to take, I believe, don't hold me to this, either 8 to 12 cars, put them on the track, do a 20 or 30 lap, race like a true race wherever you finish the the first heat race you finish first you're starting first second heat race you finish first you're starting second tomorrow um so i want to take my betting strategy i know we have guys that we're going to be looking at and putting money on but i want to take the take i want to have takeaways from the heat races if there's a guy that i'm heavy on but i see he's horrible in these qualifying races I'm not gonna not gonna lean his way. I'm gonna try and fade him because one, you can't pass, or you can, but it, it's hard to pass on a dirt track unless somebody slips up in front of you. It's a very very hard. So yeah, I, I'm gonna watch most of these heat races to make final decisions, but I still have guys that I'm definitely Yeah, when I dove into with the way I did stuff, this I mean, very confusing, very very confusing on how to lean. I looked at happy hour. Now these were the drivers with the three fastest laps bowman one no excuse me blaney one bowman two hamlin three larson in terms of just speed for a lap had the 15th fastest lap and because of larson's history especially last year when he was suspended of doing all the dirt race he's the chalk flavor at plus 350 but if you look at the average lap speed larson one hamlin two Reddick three. I mean, can we read a lot into these average speeds or just kind of take it, hey, this is a number, do with it as you will? I take it as a number, do as you will, because I I got a feeling Larson was trying different stuff that nobody else really wanted to. Since he is so familiar with dirt, why not try to get an advantage and find a, a different 
line or something because it just doesn't add up to me with his equipment and his huge background of dirt racing why he had the 17th fastest lap like i don't know if he is holding back and not showing certain things that he knows is going to work and saving it for later i did the same thing you did i went in there in there and i'm like all right these are who i want to go with wait a second these guys aren't fast right now and it just it doesn't add up and then you fix then you take the information you dropped about the Goodyear tires, are they going to take the track, people complaining about the track. There's a lot of variables in this, so that just goes back to my point. You know, we really want to limit our exposure and really want to be smart with our bets. I also looked at people who have dirt races under their belts. These are the people that have dirt races under their belt. Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, Kyle Larson, your boy LaJoy, your boy Elliot, Chris Busher, Kyle Busch, Joy Lodano, and Cole Custer. Um, those guys, anyone really stick out in those guys? No, it's, it's mainly, it's mainly Larson. I mean, yes, my boy Chase has done dirt races, but I look at guys like Larson who has a full growing up background of dirt ever since he was a kid. And let's, let's call it what it is. These guys are professionals, whether it's dirt or asphalt, they're going to be able to jump into a car and do better than any average racer. Um, and then the truck race is it? I believe the truck race is tonight after the qualifying. And these are the guys that are running in the truck race. You got Suarez, Briscoe, Bubba, Harvick, Newman, Larson, Truex, Faison, and Marla. I mean, I I'm, I watched a little bit of that e racing. I believe it was what was it Wednesday night, and they were going through um, live look-ins to the driver, and they mentioned how Suarez has never rode on dirt before, and. Suarez looked like me in the middle of the dance floor, uncomfortable <laughs> as hell in that car. So, I mean, if there are prop bets, that would be one guy I'd be looking to fade. But just with so much unknown, I just don't want to do any prop bets, any of the group bets that I usually give out. I just want to just very just do two top tens and two win bets, and I'm just going to go with that and keep my bankroll limited. Of the guys I mentioned in the truck race, anyone really stick out? Uh, with the truck race, uh, freezer. Uh, which is going to be interesting. One thing, it, it has nothing to do with betting, but I think it's one of the cool that I've ever heard of. Um, Friesen and his wife are both racing in the truck race. It's the first time ever in the Camping World Truck Series a husband and wife will be competing against each other. Um, oh, really? She's going to qualify her way into the main event, but uh, I just think it's cool to see, uh, number one, women in sports, period, but two, the fact that it's husband and wife. Um Friesen really stands out to me in the truck race because all that guy's ever been known for is dirt. Um, I'm really big on Ryan Newman in both the cup and the truck because Newman is a style of driver that likes to bang up the cars. And on a traditional NASCAR track, that doesn't work. But a track like this to where you can beat and bang, Newman's a big boy. He's second fastest in the, the trucks. Um, I don't know what his odds are in the truck race right now, but I do like him in the truck race. And uh, I know he's 60 to 1 for uh, Sunday. And uh, I'm going to lean his way as a sleeper. I, I, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you guys that I have a strategy behind it. But something's calling Newman's name to me this week. Um, now, I'm looking here, and we've talked about Chase Briscoe before. And he's 10 to 1. I mean, I just can't put 10 to 1 on Briscoe just on the number. Um, why is he such a low low odds on this dirt race? 
I don't know. He, he is great in practice. I think he is fourth or fifth fastest overall in practice. Um, don't really know his background of dirt, but he, uh, I don't know. I, I was shocked when I saw that. Um, at first, I thought it was a typo, but they know something that clearly we don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm not putting my money on him at 10 to 1. I'm not doing it. Now, you were in front of this bell train before anybody else was. He's the second betting favorite at 8 to 1. How do you feel about Bell? I like Bell. His dirt history is phenomenal. Um, you look at his dirt starts and his dirt wins, it, they're up there. Um, the kid can sling. He won uh, the truck race a couple years ago at Eldora on dirt. Um, the man knows how to get around a dirt track. So I definitely like his odds. I just I, I feel this week, since it's so untraditional, and if you look, we've had, what, six different winners so far this season, which you don't normally see, and you've got guys in there that we've talked about that fell, and other guys that have won a race that not many people are high on at the beginning. I just see this as a week that somebody like Ricky Stenhouse, Ryan Newman, so somebody like that pulls off this spectacular win and gets into the playoffs, and is kind of one of those guys that will take up a playoff spot but not do anything in the playoffs. Okay. And with that being said, I'm looking at these top tens. I have two top tens I like. Um, Ty Gillen, he has a history of running on dirt. I think that's going to play an advantage. And a lot of stuff can happen. This is an unknown. I can get plus 400, so 4-1 to one on a top ten finish on Dylan, who has history on the dirt. I'm going to lock that in for one unit. What do you think of that? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, another guy that has, has a great dirt history, and those odds are great for him. So I, I'm all in on that. And then, now this is kind of like a dark horse. Um, they they did run some practice stuff um, over the past couple of days. I know he doesn't have the best equipment, but for someone that doesn't have the best equipment, he's putting up numbers at a pesky, Penske-type equipment rate, if that makes sense. Your boy LaJoy at plus 750, he's putting up, he's outperforming his equipment. I'm getting almost 8-1 to one on him to finish top 10. I'm definitely going to take that. And plus, he has a history uh, riding on dirt. I would absolutely take that. And that's the thing. We, I know weekly, I mean, you talk about the style of equipment. Well, you got to think, equipment is almost more of a minimal when it comes to this track. You're not looking for huge horsepower. You're looking for throttle control. Um, if I can try to make you guys picture this when you take a left-hand turn on a normal street you're kind of on the gas turning left well now what happens is when they go into the corner they're jerking the wheel to the left and either stabbing the brake for a second or just stabbing the gas and it's making the back of the car kick out to the right and the rest of the corner they are turning their steering wheel to the right and turning by pressing the gas the more gas the more the rear end's going to kick to the right, the less gas, the straighter it's going to be. And the quicker they can straighten these cars up, the better. So long story short, equipment is not one of those things this week that I'm concerned about whatsoever. So this this right here, this is more track familiarity and used to driving on the dirt. So all the equipment stuff we talked, like you just said, has been thrown out the window. Um, Absolutely. 14-1 on Denny Hamlin. Like, he... Track speed wise, he's got good numbers. I, even though he doesn't really have the history of riding on the dirt, I I like Denny this week at fourteen to one. I threw a half a unit on him as well. He's definitely not bad. It goes back to what we've talked about with Kyle Busch before. 
whenever you have those high odds, you might as well take them while they're there because you're not going to see them. The, the downside of it, to your point, is track history. He's not he's not known to do well on dirt at all. And speaking, but the ROI is huge. <laughs> speaking of that, you, you mentioned uh, Kyle. I was on Twitter a couple days ago. And I heard this thing where he flat out said he's not fam- he's not comfortable on the dirt. So, no, but he looked good in practice. I, I watched him a lot, and it was kind of shocking because me being anti Kyle Busch on a weekly basis, I was like, okay, great, this is gonna be a track that I don't have to watch and be successful at. And then what does he do? He turns some good laps in practice and looked clean. And I was like, ah, here we go, Kyle picking up picking up where I didn't think he would. So right, what, what are his odds? He is right around that same um, tier as Hamlin. He's 15 to 1. Well, just like I said the other week, when you can get any of those guys at double digits like that, you, you do it. it. It's a no-brainer because they have experience in a race car. They know how to drive race cars, even though they're not familiar with it. You're talking about guys that can adapt. I mean, some of these guys that aren't happy with the track or aren't looking or, or thinking they're going to be successful, they might get 20 laps in, and then all of a sudden they're one of the top runners just because they can adjust. And I think you hit it on the head. Like, this race is going to be about who can adjust on the fly the best, who can yes. make those adjustments, not outthink the room, and just say A is happening, so we have to do B. With that being said, which crew chief, is the best on-the-fly decision-maker? Oh. Uh, I've always been a big Greg Ives guy, but that was because I was really big on junior. Um, Paul Wolf is uh, is one of the best on-the-fly changes by far, and he's Joey Logano's crew chief. Um, he used to be Brad Keselowski's crew chief. If you notice, Joey, on a weekly basis – has been in the mix. So if I had to just throw a name out there for a crew chief, I'm going Paul Wolf. So based on what you said, I mean, it's kind of like Stevens wins the Celtics games. So maybe this is the one where Wolf is able to win Logano a race just because he's good at in-game adjustments. Yes, and the only thing I will tell you, just to kind of fight that argument a little bit, these crew chiefs are great on asphalt when they're able to read how everything's going. A lot of it's coming from the crew chief this week is going to be based off of what the driver pro- provides for feedback. Um, so then they're going to have to tell them what they need rather than the crew chief kind of looking at what other drivers are doing for them to improve on, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Um, also, in terms of weather, do you think weather is going to be an issue? Yeah, because I think they're supposed to get rain. They just tweeted out that... Uh, if for any reason they do get rain tonight and they cannot um, and they cannot run these heat races, NASCAR will uh, – it says then the lineup is done by the formula used to set the lineup when there's no qualifying. So the formula they use is like average finish, fastest times, stuff like that from the week before. So that could throw a whole other wrench into it. If these guys don't get practice and don't get to race side-by-side side in these heat races and they do get canceled – then any type of strategy that you're looking for is out the window. And as a gambling person, you're going to be throwing darts at that point. 
So it just goes so, bad, guys. Like this is no racing. How how do you look at how drivers are adapting to something that they haven't even got the opportunity to try? And it just goes back to what you know we were saying. Like you want to limit your exposure and be smart with your bets. Um, Agreed. Unfortunately, none of the heads to heads are posted right now because of this uh, qualifying that's going on. So we're not going to be able to ask Brandon that, but. You know, hopefully we gave you guys some information. Um, Brandon likes Newman. I like uh, Hamlin. I also like Reddick. I didn't mention Reddick. What I like, I, yeah. I, I liked in at sixteen to one. Uh, how do you feel about Reddick? I like him a lot. He was really good uh, in practice, and uh, he almost won the Pro Invitational on iRacing. And uh, he looks smooth and clean. He was able to make a lot of passes that others weren't able to make. And these guys are relying on iRacing to get the feel of the actual dirt track if they don't get to practice. And uh, I, I like them. I like them a lot. All right. So I got Reddick at 16 to 1, Hamlin at 14 to 1, LaJoy at 7.5 to 1 for a top 10, Ty Dillon 4 to 1 for a top 10 finish. You like Newman at 60 to 1. Um, any, anyone else that's kind of piquing your interest? That's definitely my dark horse. So, again, I will tell you guys this, this, and you've said it five times already. This is not the week to unload the bankroll at all. Uh, I do like Ty Dillon at 150 to 1. I'm just I'm looking at these huge ROIs. I mean, the no-brainer is going to be you, you take Larson, you take Bell, you take Briscoe. You, you take those guys that are known to do well on dirt, and we're showing the quick times. But I feel this is a week that you throw your money towards dark horses, expecting the track to change and people not knowing how to adapt to it. And the thing is, is so much stuff can happen in a race. Case in point, last week, Phoenix. Larson fucking dominated that race. But yeah. who won the race? Ryan Blaney. So a million things can change during the race. That's why, especially with this, with something we've never seen before, tire issues, track issues, weather issues... Inexperience factor, you guys got to limit your exposure. So I would really only do, I'm, mine's probably a quarter of what I do in normal race. I mean, I'm going to have two total units going in this race. So Yeah, I, I don't blame you. Um, again, I say it every week. I'm big on ROIs, so the, the least amount of money I can, I can spend. And if I can hit uh, 150 to 1 or 60 to 1, I'm going to take that all day. Can't blame you at that, my man, because it's all about making that money. Brandon, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday to come on and talk. Why don't you tell everyone where to find you? Off the Post Boston Sports on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you guys check out 7 o'clock tonight. The WNHL, the Boston Pride, are uh, in the Isabel Cup Championship. It will be aired on NBC Sports Network, which is great exposure for this league. Um, make sure you guys go go tune into it. Um for iRacing, Boston Boy 83, uh, we had a great finish last night, second at Talladega in the trucks. Um, that's going really well. Road to Pro is next Thursday at 9. So go follow me, guys, on Twitch, Boston Boy 83. Any support would be awesome if you guys are into racing in real life. You guys know what iRacing is, and it's the same thing with Simulator. All right, my man. Guys, make sure you check that out. Brandon, unfortunately, there's no racing next week, so we will talk to you in two weeks. Oh, man, I'll have to find something else to do. But I appreciate being on here. Good luck with everybody's bets, and uh, let's have a good weekend. Let's do it.
So guys, please make sure you check out that hockey game tonight on NBC Sports in between the college basketball games. Also, make sure you watch Brandon as I race and he's come on. He's giving you guys a lot of winner, a big supporter of the show. So make sure you guys try to watch that out. Loaded day of sports, Florida Derby. We got NASCAR tomorrow. That's a weekend. We got UFC tonight. We got uh, monstrous basketball games. Again, if you guys are interested in becoming part of the betting package, hit me up at etop21sports on Twitter or at etop21sports underscore on Instagram. Be safe. Be well. Probably no podcast coming at you Monday. I'll be back next Saturday to talk about everything going on in sports and to give you guys some free betting tips. Until then, guys.